and welcome to the Denali Lord Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. My name is Denali Lord, registered dietitian, fitness professional, and mindset coach. I hope everyone is having a great week. It is Monday, March 20th. I can't believe we are already halfway through the month of March. Today, I wanted to focus on disordered eating and eating disorders. So first, let's describe the difference between disordered eating and an eating disorder. Both are very similar. An eating disorder is a formally diagnosed mental condition that affects people of all ages, sexes, races, socioeconomic status, and ethnicities. In other words, it affects everyone, regardless of your age, how wealthy you are, how unwealthy you are, what gender you identify as, it can affect you. (coughs) Excuse me. Disordered eating is when an individual starts to exhibit some or several eating disordered traits, but they may not have been formally diagnosed. These conditions may have been going on for a long time, such as years, or it could be something that has more recently started. Either way, disordered eating and eating disorders should be taken seriously as they can impact an individual's overall health drastically. While the exact cause of eating disorders and or disordered eating is unknown, it's a general belief that an individual's cultural, psychological, and biological factors all play into the development of the disordered eating habit or of an eating disorder. Now, there are several types of eating disorders and disordered eating, and today's podcast really does not have the intention of focusing on each specific eating disorders such as anorexia nervosa versus bulimia versus um, binge eating and so forth, but is more just to provide general awareness of what's going on with an individual who struggles with an eating disorder or with disordered eating habits. So some mental and emotional signs and symptoms. In general, an individual's overall concern is towards controlling their diet, meaning controlling what they're eating. They uh, may have a preoccupation with body image, with their food, with the way that their clothes fit, with exercise, with the number that they see on the scale, or with tracking micronutrients such as protein, fat, carbohydrates. And it may be that the individual struggles with all of it. They are, in general, preoccupied with numbers that pertain to their weight, their size, and their overall body appearance. There's also the refusal to eat certain foods. Maybe they just don't eat foods like, I don't eat carbs. That's a pretty broad group of foods. Maybe they don't eat dairy. And it's not necessarily for a medical condition, meaning that they're lactose intolerant and therefore they should avoid eating dairy-rich foods that can cause them gastric distress. It's just that for whatever reason, they are refusing to eat a certain food. In general, 
individuals that struggle with disordered eating and or an eating disorder, they do tend to shy away from eating around others. You might notice someone's just kind of pushing food around their plate at a party or get together, or they're actually not eating at all. Now, this is not always the case, right? There um, should be consideration into the individual itself and what's going on in this person's life. One key factor of eating disorders and disordered eating habits is the withdrawal from friends and activities. Because normally as humans, when we engage with others, we are usually eating or drinking at some point in time of a social gathering. And individuals that struggle with these eating disorders and or disordered eating habits, they do not want to eat in front of other people. They are very self-conscious if they do. They feel like everyone is staring at them while they eat. There's also some disordered body image, meaning that what they might see in the mirror, say they're someone who is five foot five and weighs 100 pounds, that's a pretty petite person. When they look in the mirror, they might see this very distorted image, right? It's kind of like if you were to take a, um, for example, if you were to take a cat and the cat sees itself as an elephant, that's a very distorted image between the size of the cat in, in actuality and how it perceived itself. So there is this misperception of body image, of what the individual thinks that their body looks like. There may also be extreme dieting where some weeks they are calorie restricting or they are avoiding certain food groups in order to lose weight. There may also be frequent checking of the mirror to perceive flaws. So this kind of has to go back to do with body image. They might perceive that they look quote unquote fat when they look in the mirror, when in actuality they are very, very skinny. Other signs and symptoms that a individual might struggle with is skipping meals. Maybe they don't eat breakfast or they don't eat lunch. Another characteristic that is usually pretty common is that the individual will often either avoid eating when they are upset. This could be they're sad, they're stressed, they're anxious, or they may eat everything. And that just depends on the type of eating disorder or eating disorder behavior that the person is struggling with. Lastly, some other mental and emotional signs and symptoms that someone may display is um, food rituals such as they push all their food to opposite ends of the plate where they don't allow the food to mix, or maybe they avoid certain foods with textures. Um, it's very interesting, just this is totally subjective based on the person, but there is a correlation with either eating a certain type of food first or saving it last or not letting foods touch or blend together. There are also several physical signs of a disordered eating habit or of an eating disorder. One of the most common and I think first noticeable signs is a weight fluctuation. Whether that person's weight is going up or down, it is noticeable that the individual's weight doesn't seem to remain 
relatively constant. And by constant, I mean within five pounds. On any given day, someone's weight can fluctuate five to 10 pounds, depending upon what they're eating, how much water they're drinking for a woman, if she's on her menstrual cycle. So lots of, lots of changes. The other key factor that um, someone might see is there's going to be GI disruption because if someone's struggling with say several disordered eating habits or several eating disorders, maybe for a while they struggled with anorexia nervosa where they severely restricted the number of calories and now they've gone almost full spectrum where now they're having bulimia nervosa where they're binge eating and then inducing some type of vomiting or over-exercising to quote unquote, get rid of the food or the calories. So through these different diet changes might come things like constipation, acid reflux, diarrhea. Oftentimes if an individual has a new onset of IBS, this can be where the diagnosis of IBS stems from. Menstrual irregularities. So more often than not, when someone's weight tends to fluctuate, more than likely the period or a woman's menses is also going to become irregular as well so that it's no longer coming every 28 to 30 days. It's now coming every other or few months. Other signs and symptoms include dizziness, especially when standing, fainting, feeling cold all the time. And part of this has to do with um, a shift in one's hormonal state so that you're starting to develop anemia, especially if iron-rich foods such as protein foods, think meat, they're being avoided. Um, it can affect the hormone levels. So your estrogen your testosterone, your progesterone are actually being affected and can cause shifts in a person's thyroid. So if their thyroid is deficient, it's running low, then they're typically going to have trouble with feeling cold all the time, fainting, and maybe even dizziness. Um, other things might be an electrolyte balance, especially with the folks that do struggle with bulimia nervosa, where they are binging to extreme quantities and then purging or exercising for hours, this is going to cause a shift in their electrolyte balance so that they actually induce low potassium, um, even a low white blood cell and red blood cell count, which kind of goes along with anemia, but that can basically prevent our body from fighting off infections like common colds and viruses or even bacterial infections proficiently. So what to do if you know someone who is struggling with an eating disorder, or maybe they, you suspect that they have some disordered eating habits? Well, NEDA, N-E-D-A, or the National Eating Disorder Association is a wonderful resource and hotline to help those who struggle with eating disorders and or disordered eating. Um, there is a website, it's www.neda.com that provides resources such as a hotline where individuals can call and ask for help. It also has um, more information on the signs and the symptoms as well as 
the um, very specific breakdown of what each different type of eating disorder is characterized by. Um, as a dietitian, I actually got into the field of nutrition and dietetics because I struggled with disordered eating habits and eating disorders as an adolescent. And I did not want for other individuals to go through what I went through because quite frankly, from age 12 and a half to maybe 13 to in my early 20s, my main thoughts were revolved around food and what my body looked like. And it can ultimately become a great handicap and that you are not able to fully engage or really grow because you are so fixated on what you're eating and how you look. And eating disorders, as discussed earlier, they can affect anyone, all genders, all socioeconomic backgrounds. No one is really quote unquote safe because we all are subject to peer pressure and the media, external sources that quite often serve no validation. Uh, we just feel the need to succumb to them. So Nita is a fantastic resource to use. And of course, I'm always here if you have questions, but I do encourage you if either you struggle with disordered eating and or an eating disorder, or you know someone, finding ways to help that person without them feeling threatened or as if you're trying to tell them what to do is important. And that's where working with a mental health professional along with a registered dietitian is needed because sometimes you realize what the person is doing is self-harm. It's not healthy for them, but actually approaching them, especially when the person is not ready for help, can have a counterintuitive effect where they can withdraw and shut people out even more. So um, being able to loop in, depending upon if the person is an adolescent, maybe you loop in their parents or an older sibling, or if the individual is an adult, you might loop in um, a common friend or common acquaintance and then find a way if, if you put yourself in the person's shoes of how would I want to be treated or how would I want someone to approach me if they thought I had a problem of self-harm and really disordered eating and eating disorders, they are ultimately an act of self-harm. And for a lot of people, especially um, Sometimes the most athletic, academic, successful people struggle with these because it, to some degree, it stems from the desire to want to control something. And oftentimes that is our appearance, right? Or what we're eating, how we're exercising. That is one of the easiest things for us to control. There's a lot of factors in our life that we can't really control, right? Our neighbor whose dog barks all the time, we can't really control. Our boss, we can't control. Our spouse, we can't control. So being able to find that way of controlling is oftentimes one of the causes or one of the reasonings for disordered eating and or eating disorders. So I encourage you to Seek out those professional resources like Nita or Nada, like a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, like a dietitian to have a multi-facet, multi-team approach because it will take each professional in his or her profession 
to provide the best treatment for individuals who are struggling with disordered eating and or eating disorders. If you have any questions at all, feel free to email me. My email is info at denalilord, that's D-E-N-A-L-I-L-O-R-D.com. Or you can always reach out to me on social media, Denali, that's my first name, underscore Lord. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll talk soon.